Okay. Good evening, everyone. We're good. Just when it looks to me a little crooked, I'm not better. Just one second here. I know if it's just a tiny bit that I need to fix, usually it gets the fixing makes it worse. Ah, I'm sorry. It's funny because when I'm standing over here, I can't see if it's okay. Now we should be good. I like it now. I have a sense that it's good. Okay, welcome everyone. Good evening. So today is already a second class. Baruch Hashem. On tonight's Parsha in my life. This week is Parsha's Tazria and Mitzorah. Um, tonight's class was dedicated. It was actually supposed to be dedicated for last week's class, this dedication, but I didn't give a class. It was during Pesach. I didn't give a class. It was dedicated by an anonymous in honor of her daughter's birthday. So now Hashem, bless your daughter with all the blessings. All the blessings. Lots and lots and lots of nachat from her. You should grow and shine with so much light and so much blessings and so much beautiful things coming for her this coming year and all the other time. And you should uh, just have only blessings for everything, as you mentioned in your thing, everything beautiful and, and wonderful in the world is actually going to be the subject of today's class. Um, we're going to be talking about the world and perhaps a world that maybe does not look so beautiful at times and how to be able to see the world really truly as what it really is, that it really is beautiful. So tonight's class, um, really in truth, I prepared the class and then I realized and I said, oh, I must have spoken on this subject a while ago. I had a sense, especially since the book I was using to prepare had dots in it. And I, remember I said, ah, if it's dots, thinking, well, do, were these my dots or maybe someone else made dots? And I know that I make dots. I'm not sure anybody else dots. So I had my suspicious suspicion and I looked up online and I went through all the classes in this on this week's parish and I found that this kind of the same topic and uh, was discussed a couple of years ago. Um, but there's never any, in these couple of years, things have changed in my head and the world has changed. And I think a lot of what we're talking about Tonight, although it was applicable a few years ago, it is way more applicable today in, in where what's going on. A lot of people are feel very, very confused and very discombobulated about the madness that's in the world today. And so much so that you feel healthier and better just shutting down the news and not looking out because there's such craziness. It's gone mad. What's going on? And we don't want to speak, you know, it's a prohibition to speak Lush and Hara, which means to say bad about even one individual person. So to go ahead and, and speak negative about the entire society um, I, 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 is, is definitely not something that makes God happy and not something that we want to do. It's a very positive class. So I'm going to keep away from speaking about the negative. I'm just going to speak the ideas. And then everybody can figure it out on your own. Hopefully, Hashem should protect my mouth that I shouldn't say negative about anything, all notwithstanding the negative in the world. Because when we don't speak negative, 
the negative. We, we, it, but on the other hand, it has to be addressed because people are confused. And sometimes we feel that we're so, so far from redemption. We fear we're in such a lowly state, such a dark state. And what we're going to try to do today is flip it all over and actually show that this madness and this craziness and the world that it seems to be so confused is actually the most prepared for Mashiach. And this is the way we were predicted that it's going to look right before the redemption. And it's going to look this way right before the redemption, not only because it has to get really bad before it becomes good, but at the bad itself, on a deeper, deeper level, is actually good. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the greatest spin today. We're going to spin it all over. We're going to spin all the darkness into light. Hopefully by the time the class is over, there will only be light. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we begin with this week's Torah portion. talks about the uh, situation called the tzaras. Tzaras is a certain condition, a disease, a skin disease that would c come about through a discoloring of the skin, would turn the skin natural, person's natural skin color, which is usually darker, would turn white. Certain parts of the body, uh, a blotch of white. It can be small. It has to be at least a sign of a bean, small, a certain type of a bean. And then... You know, and the way to determine its impurity was one would have to go to the Kohen, the priest. The priest would examine it, and if the, if the if it meets certain qualifications of impurity, like the hair color, that the, the hairs that are within the parameters of this this color for this coloring, those hair turn from their natural color and become white hair. That's an indication, not white hair from age. The regular color hair would turn white. Um, inside this little blotch of skin, that's an indication that this is a, considered a impure blemish or in, the, 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 the disease is a full-blown disease. It's a serious disease. And uh, the priest would have to take this, this individual and quarantine him, send him out to live outside of the camp. And it was a severe situation. It wasn't comfortable. How long? Until it goes away. There's no set time. Sometimes it can be weeks, months, years. Um, that's the situation. And that's what the Torah deals with in both Torah portions this week. Primary talks about these laws pertaining to this. This is something that doesn't happen today. It's a, it was a special type of, of situation um, which indicated that God was very, very involved in, on a, on, in a way where he would show us when something is wrong instant, instantly. Today's days we're living in when we're still in exile and not yet completely out of the exile, God is not as obviously engaged that the moment we do something wrong, it shows up in our body. But then it was that way. The spiritual was very connected to the physical. Fine. So um, amongst the, the laws that there are, there is one astonishing law. And that is that the guy comes to the Kohen. He has this white blotch. The Kohen looks at it and says, I'm sorry, sir. You're, you're uh, spiritually unhealthy. You have, uh, it's, it's, it's got all the signs. You're impure. The person dreads to hear that, but that's what it is. Gets sent out of the camp. He's there for a couple of days. And then he sends a text message to the Kohen. I need to see you immediately. And the Kohen says, what's going on? He says, something happened. I need you to come examine me. And the Kohen has to come out of the camp because he's not allowed to go into the camp. The camp, by the way, was called the walled cities of Jerusalem. If it was Jerusalem or it was any other walled city in Israel, 
weren't allowed to be in a walled city, to live outside. In any case, the coin would come out to examine him. And basically what he sees is the guy is literally snow white. He's covered in the in the leprosy, in this nega, in this 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 discoloring extended to the entire body from head to toe. So the person looks like a ghost. Their entire body is white. It's a pretty serious shade of white. You know, there's in order for it to be considered a nega, there's four shades. Say so just talk about four different types of nega. The egg white, the white of the thin skin membrane on on a, on a, when you when you have a hard boiled egg, you have the hard peel, then you have the whiteness of the egg itself, and then in between there's a, a little white f- film. So that's the whiteness, or the color of snow, serious white, or the color of the paint of the heichal, or a white uh, white wool, clean white wool. These are four different colorings. A strong white. Imagine this person is covered from head to toe in their white, besides their eyes, obviously, but anywhere there's skin and their lips, anything like that, everything the person has become completely white. Scary looking. Anyways, the law is that, the, that this appearance is very good news. He, the guy is terrified. He says, what, what now? What is the Kohen going to do to him now? He's going to send them out of Israel? Where is he going to exile him? going to exile him to some island somewhere because he's so impure. No. The Kohen says, I have tr- tremendous news. The fact that it's spread on your whole body means you're pure. The guy, and he can start the process of purification, which meant he had to bring certain sacrifices, and go to the mikvah, and bring two birds. It's a whole procedure, but he's on his way to healing. He's already, he's already done. It's the, the negah's over because his entire body is white. Okay, now these laws are complex. This is just a very brief, um, this is the general rule. And the Torah says these words, kuloi hafach lovan. There we are. And the Kohen would see. Oh, here we go. In, in verse number 12. And if the Tsaras, which, which is this, this colorization, this, this leprosy, this um, spreads in the body. And the Tsaras covers up the entire skin of the person. From, his head to, from head to toe. Wherever he inspects him, there isn't one part of the body that is not covered. The Kohen has to look at him front to back, everywhere in the body. Everything is covered. The Kohen, the priest, sees that the Taras covers the entire body. The Kohen deems the Nega pure. In other words, the person gets now a clean bill of health. A clean and the reason is, because he's completely turned white, the, the man is tahor, the man is pure. Astounding. Why? So many of the commentators learn that this is a rule that doesn't that is, that is a decree of God. It's just it's like one of these things that don't make, just like the red heifer. There it has to be completely red. When you have a heifer that's red. It's completely red. If it has a tiny bit of that body that's not red, it's not kosher. And what does it do when it's completely red? Then this brings purity, purification to anybody that came into contact with a dead body. But there it has to be complete redness, and then here it's complete whiteness. But over there, too, it doesn't make It's not rational. It's not logical. That a red heifer's ashes, when after it's burnt, should should have the power to, re, to, bring, to bring purity and how? 
God's decree. It's tra- it's it's beyond any understanding. So some learned that this was the same over here. It's a, it's what we call in in in, in Talmudic language. We call it Gezerah Sakasim. It's a decree of the law. We're not meant to understand it because it's beyond all logic. That's the way it is. That's what some learn. Others, however, give explanation to this and give a reasoning to this. So even Ezra, which is learns, um, the reason he's, he's, he's pure is a very, very beautiful reason. Because the nega, this this disease has gone, has already exited the body. It's like a certain, like sometimes we have a certain bug or a certain virus that's deep inside the body, a germ or something, something that's that's negative, bacteria or whatever. The body generally is created in such a magnificent way that the body detects any foreign substance. When something isn't good, when something isn't right, when something isn't healthy, a healthy body wants to get rid of it. So sometimes when you get a stomach flu, a stomach virus, and you know, you're know going to the bathroom a lot or something like that, it's body, basically it's the body's mechanisms to, to heal itself. It, there's this negative thing that it's the body just, is just reacting and throwing it out. Same as fever. A fever comes when the body is trying to rid itself from certain something that's not good within the body, the heat of the body. And that's why it's good when you have a, we know when you have a cold, a good thing is to actually to, people try to lot of do the opposite, but it's actually a very good thing that when you get a, when you're not feeling well to, when you start feeling a cold coming on you or something like that, to, to, to someone told me this uh, once, make sure to go into bed, drink hot tea and, and, and make yourself sweat, dress yourself, like sweat it out. Cause when the body gets rid of germs through sweating. So these are good. It's the way of like expelling. So the neg over here is as follows. The fact that it's covering the whole body means that there's nothing left on the inside. The whole nega, the whole disease has made its way on the outside. It's been come out already. And therefore, he says, Usarmim and it's leaving already. So it's not like your person didn't have. You had the malady, you had the sickness, you had the spiritual negativity because it has been already re- expelled from the body and it's on the surface is a sign that the inside is clean. And that's why the, the Kohen says it's now okay. Why? Because the reason we take this person and we keep him, separate him, is because this person has some kind of danger to them in which they contaminate other people. Sometimes you have a person who is socially destructive. They're, they're, they have a very negative influence. They create negative vibes. They create, uh, they cause fights, quarrels. People that are just, they're, they're, they, they, they mess with people. So you have to, and that's the whole idea of this person. This person is a, a danger to society. The physical ailment of the body was an indication that this person is not invited um, to hang out among society because he can cause, he or she can cause damage. So you got to put them out until they do rectify whatever they need to rectify. They shouldn't be dangerous anymore. But this person, once it has been exposed already, it came out of their body. It's not going to defile anybody because it's only on the outside. Or you can learn, as we'll see, see maybe a little later, once it's on the outside, it is so detectable that it's not dangerous anymore because no one is going, everybody's going to notice. So when is something, you know, dangerous when, you, when it's still hidden, when it's hiding? When it's out in the open, everybody sees what it is. So there you go. So then you know what to watch from. Okay. But that's the Ibn Ezra.
Okay, one of the uh, great commentators of the Chumash. Um, there's another way of seeing it on a simple level. Is that the um, oh the Kliyakar? Uh, the Kliyakar is a much later commentator. Lived about uh, 300, I think, 50 years ago, and he in the in the 1700s. Or maybe in the, the 1600s, something like that. And he trans, and he gives it, he explains like this. The similar, similar idea. There's the fact that it is spread on a very, very wide scale across the entire body is a sign that it's not deep. Anything that is, he says, if you see water, if there's a lot of water, usually it's more surface water. If there is just a little bit of water, like a small little thing of water, then you know that the water is like a spring and it can be coming deep, deep, deep from the earth and it's bubbling up. It might just be a tiny little, little space where the, where the water is protruding from the ground. So the fact that the, the, um, the, the tsaras, when you have the tsaras in a small part of the body, that could be an indication that it's, it's rooted deep in the body. But when it covers all, all the entire body because it's spread out all over, is a sign again. He doesn't emphasize so much that it was already expelled, but from to begin with, the fact that it's on the surface is a sign that it's an outside type of a thing, and not an, and not a deep internal um, problem. All right. So we have over here various explanations for this phenomenon. Either it's a decree, or we can explain it. Another way of explaining it is the fact that it's all over the body is an indication that it's more like the regular skull. It's, it's no more an abnormal situation. It's almost like we will argue, we will say that this is the person's nature of their skin color. All you'll say, well, he wasn't like this ever. Fine. But the fact that this, this, this is more, there, his body itself is prone to this color change, as opposed because of the fact that, that it's on this entire skin. If it's on one particular part of the body, that's a sign that there's something, there's an illness here. There's a, there's a particular um, something negative, some imbalance or something uh, disease that's causing this particular part. We don't look at it as a natural phenomenon to the entire body. So these are different ways of seeing it. Now what is Interesting is that the Talmud in Tractate Sanhedrin Talmud says is it is is uh, the Talmud says like this that um, Tanya in Sanhedrin Navzadik Zion page ninety seven. On the first side of the page, Tanya Rabbi Nechemya Omer, Rabbi Nechemya says, Darsha ben David Ba, the generation that Moshiach will come to meet them, generation that's going to greet the Moshiach, that the Messiah is coming to them. Let me tell you what that, what that world is going to look like. Again, I'm telling you what the town, what Rabbi Nechemya says. Ha'aziz Tarbe is going to be enormous amount of chutzpah. People are going to be very brazen. They're going to be insolence. is going to increase in the entire world. 
Meaning you can have the most despicable ideas and you're not ashamed. The most disgusting things, you can put it out there and, and be totally comfortable. It's not like, it's no more, in other words, there's no taboo anymore. Nothing is taboo. Everything is right. Everything is good. And that's what it means, chutzpah. Where does that come from? Chutzpah, brazenness. Couldn't care less about anything. I mean, it could be completely, totally immoral with the worst kind of depravity. And yet, you're, 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 you're advertising it. You're putting it out as an advertisement, as something that you're proud of. That's the chutzpah. And honor will become, will become scarce. So there's two interpretations, Rashi says, what that means. One interpretation is that simply people won't honor each other. There will be and then there will be just disrespect all over. I said, I'm not saying Lush and on the world, so I don't want to speak. I'm just going to say what it says over here. <laughs> so everybody can do their own comparison to a situation. And then, um, or another Rash interpretation, Rashi says, is those that should be honorable, which means the leaders of the generation, turn out to be very unhonorable. The leaders, those that those that are in very high positions, are a disgrace across the board. The vineyards, the vineyards will give their fruit, which means there'll be a lot of wine that I can speak about and say that we have that today. We have so many, and at least in the kosher world, we have so many kosher wineries. There's such a selection of, of good kosher wine. It used to be like it's only sweet Menashevitz wine. I don't want to say anything bad about Menashevitz. But the only type of wines we had were these sweet wines that were like considered the Jewish wines. I mean, post-European Europe or, or maybe Eastern European kind of production. But the fine wines in Israel today is like production of wine. It's like unbelievable. Israel produces the top wines in the world. Wins many, many Many, many awards for their wines. But yet, even though there will be so much wine, Vayayim Biyoker is going to be expensive. If you wanted to go buy wine for Pesach, uh, it was pretty expensive. You want to buy nice wines. Very expensive. Okay. That seems to be like the least of the problems. <laughs> but then he continues and he says, And, and all kingdoms, that means all society, will become heretical. That means everybody will, heresy will spread across the entire world. There won't be any believers. Religion will become out, outdated. Or at least the governing forces in the world will dismiss religion and so on and so forth. Malchus is the governing forces. The power will be grabbed by people who are non-believers. Atheists will rule the world. No Lashon Hara on the world. So I'm not saying anything. But then to make it matters worse, the Ein Teichacha, there's no one that can rebuke. No one is saying anything. Like everybody's going along with, 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 with this kooky, with this, with this utterly madness in the world. No one says anything. 
There is no rebuke. Can that mean that no one is listening? Can that mean that everybody is plugged into their own source of information? And when you two people meet on the street, they can't even, if you have two opinions today's days, you can't even talk. You right away sum up if that person is a believer that believes like you or doesn't believe like you. If they're like, believe like you, if you have the same mindset and the same outlook on the world, then you feel comfortable to talk with them and you're friends with them and so on. If you feel that they're on the other side, everybody has another side, the people who believe different than me, they're ideologically and this and that, then people are afraid to even talk because there's no communication. And that's why there's no rebuke if anything is, is, is right, right on, on either side of society's world today. But that's the meaning, I think, of anti-chacha. There's no, there's no rebuke. In other words, it doesn't look like we can expect any change to happen from within itself. Okay? Then the Talmud says, Messiah Leil Rabbi Yitzchak. This teaching of Rabbi Nechemia is actually in support of Rabbi Yitzchak. There's another sage who also said that. Da'amer Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak said, Ein ben David ba, that ben David Mashiach, the son of David, will not come, until all of the governments will become heretics. Omar Rava, now comes Rava, my crop, what's the proof to that? Everything, you're telling, you're speaking, again, these were the sages talking 2,000 years ago. When there were so many believers in the world, most of humanity were believers, believed in a God. So micro, where do you take something like this to make something like this, that mankind will become completely rejecting of a supreme being? They will believe in science as the God, as the new religion. Micro, what's the verse for that? How do we know that? Ravi Ravi points to this, this Torah portion. If everything turns white, um, then you're pure. What does that mean? Rashi explains. Once you see the entire world going white, and white in this sense means beliefs of heresy, everybody becoming non-believers, then the world is pure, meaning the world is ready for redemption. And for sure the Redeemer will come and will change the whole world. And everything will become beautiful. Now this seems to be, it's a st- an astounding state because it would seem to be counter to what we would what we would expect. If the world is going towards Mashiach, so the world has to be getting better and better and better. How do we re- reconcile with a world completely disintegrating on all levels? M- morality is in the in the garbage. The whole world is a is seems to be like falling apart. And then Mashiach comes. How does that work? So some say it's exact. So the, the our commentators, the commentators split over here. Our commentators that learn that that itself is the reason, because once the world reaches a point where it's un, where it it kind of it, it stoops so low and it falls down in such a, so then God has a choice. He can either bring a flood and destroy the world, or he can do something. He can mix in and tr- and change it all. So there is an explanation that way, and we're going to go through those explanations today because I'd like to share them. The reason it's deeply disturbing is if you read them on their own without the addition that we're going to add at the end, the Hasidic spin on it. But if you read it on its own, it's very disturbing because it basically means that everything, that, that this whole project called creation is a massive failure. 
God creates a world so that we should partner with him and make it into a better world. And mankind fails miserably. And you can't say it's just, it, it's a fluke. Because you're, you're talking about 2,000 years ago, we were already predicting this. Not only that, the Chumash is already hinting to this. In the Torah, the Torah is telling us what kind of failure mankind is going to be. That the Torah is telling us Allah in the Torah, which has a spiritual meaning as well, that the world will be, that this law pertaining to a, to a diseased individual, that when he becomes completely white, which is referring to how the world will look like when Mashiach comes, and that's when Torah, that's when the world will reach its perfection. Which means that the Torah is telling us from the beginning that the Torah will fail. What is the Torah supposed to do? Uplift humanity. Teach humanity. Bring the human, uh, human beings to a high elevated state. To a state of a utopian existence. A state of recognizing their creator. Living in peace and in harmony. Living in accordance to God's will. That's a world, a world that embraces God. Not a world that rejects God. It seems to be very, very disturbing. So let me begin with something that will make things very, very happy. We'll start right away with the good news. Okay? Then we'll go through some of the hard stuff. Okay? Start with the good news because it's always good to be happy first. Then we'll be happy at the end. In the middle, we'll go through a little bit of a hard discussion. But even that will lead to happiness. Right? Okay. So there is a safer called Ben Yehoyada. The Ben Yada is a is a a, a a pirush, a commentator, a commentary written by the Ben Ishchai. Ben Ishchai was a great Sephardic um, rabbi and okay, one second. We just got a clap over here. Yitzchak, good timing. Yeah. Yeah, sit down, sit down. Or you can sit over here if you like. Whatever you like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any case, the, the, um, so the Ben Yada, he, he, who, again, the Ben Ishchai, or it's the Chida, but I think it's the Ben Ishchai, the Ben Yada. Anyways, he says he doesn't like, he doesn't either like this negativity. He must, he's like a Hasidic soul. Doesn't like the negativity. He's very optimistic. He says, we got to switch this whole passage of the Talmud around and see it with a good, with a good eye. He says, let's take a look at every single thing that was just stated and see it, see it, see it, uh, see, see, see what, look what it's really saying. When it says the chutzpah will become prominent when Mashiach comes, everybody, the whole world will be full with chutzpah, with full with, with audacity and with uh, brazenness and with insolence. It's referring to a very good type of chutzpah. And that means the Talmud tells us that a person, in order for us to be, to do what's right in the world, we have to have a certain measure of chutzpah, not to be impressed what other people think. You will experience, he says, a generation of young, inspired people that won't care what people think about them and will do what's right, even at the cost of, of, of society not approving of them. And that is the idea that uh, when he says, 
Who says you have to read it in the bad, he says. Good Azus. Now the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, would always say that about our generation. He would say that this generation is the time of Mashiach. We have to give the young people the ability to be chutzpah, which means to be have brazen and be far more religious than their parents, far more spiritual than their parents. Just do, you know, and, and, and ha- be able to be proud Jews, not thinking what, you know, if the norm in society says you need to go have a college education, yet these boys go to yeshiva and study Torah, and I'm not thinking about how they're going to make a livelihood, and then allowing for God to provide, like we see, and as has always been the story, but here in, in, in a world of America where it's all about making money and so on and so forth, and people are doing something like this, this is, this is a, a, a this, it takes chutzpah. It takes chutzpah to move into a town where no one uh, wants to have anything to do with observance and so on and so forth, and you open up a Chabad house or you, or you put a menorah in the middle of town square, a big, ginormous, big menorah, and some people will turn with their noses. Some people won't like it. And you do it anyways. And in the end, you win. You prevail. So goodness will have that chutzpah. That's what he says. That's the, that it will be a holy chutzpah. Then when he says, what does that mean? People that, which meant earlier means honor, honored will be, honor will become cheap. He, he turns that around as well. He says, people who take themselves seriously and brag about themselves and make themselves into someone uh, important will be, Ya'aves means people will be disgusted by that. In other words, people will look down at those who try to make of themselves something. In other words, the people will have true values, good values. And the value is that a humble humility will be appreciated. But people that are full of their own, of their, of their own selves will be dismissed, will be looked down upon. And he continues. When it says the vineyards will give the fruit, the vine is referring to Israel, the Jewish people. Not, not Israel, the country, Israel, but Israel, the Jewish people. Give their fruits means they'll do a lot of Torah and mitzvot. You're going to have so many mitzvahs being done. That The good news I could say, take a look at how many mitzvah campaigns. If you have a phone today's days, every day you get a hit up with 20 mitzvahs. They're making a fundraiser for this and a fundraiser for that and a fundraiser for here. And these guys are helping this and these guys are pack- packaging food. People got stranded in the airport. And these guys came and brought them food to eat. And this people got stuck in the flood. And here everybody's helping out like this. And you have rescue teams that are coming for that. And everybody's busy doing mitzvahs all day long, which is beautiful. We've never had a generation doing so much mitzvahs because we never had organized in such a way. that today's days, people can organize because you have all these mass using social media for good things. It's, it's amazing how many mitzvahs people do. So that's amazing. That's what it means. The, the fruit, the, 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 the vineyard <laughs> will give its fruit. But the wine will be, will cost, will be, will be very expensive. It means that Torah will be valued. Torah now will be now. People want to hear good Torah. It will be valued. And that's why, that's what it means. The wine will be expensive. Torah is called wine. This is such a good spin on this whole thing. And then what does he say? Finally, he says, and the kingdom, the, the governments will all become, will turn into heresy. So what does that mean? It means that the religious, uh, the, 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 
the um, the the uh, all the world religions, people will not believe anymore in these very religions, which on the one hand seems to be negative, but he says <coughs> not in a way where they're going to drop the religion and drop everything, but that they're going to reject. They're going to see through all the falsehoods that there are in 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 the, in, in false religions. They're going to see. They're not going to believe the priests and the and the uh, and the clergy, and they're going to be looking for. He says they're going to join the Bnei Noach, which is really cool. Which you see in the world today, you have millions of people that are that are Noahid. Now they're not converting to Judaism, but they 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 recognize the falsehood of of other religions, and seeing that it's all Baba Mises, it's all made up stuff. So the fact that everything is becoming minus is the, 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 the minus, the heresy, the heresy in false religions. That's going to be, and people will turn. His words are, they're going to believe in the, in the faith of the B'nai Noach. Someone told me this week how I, a guy came to Shul over here in, in, in Bayas and Shul. He's a full-fledged chassid, beautiful Jew, full-fledged chassid. He was telling me the story. He became, he knew nothing as a Jew, so assimilated, completely <clears throat> married to a non-Jewish girl, had non-children from her, with her. His life completely divorced from anything Judaism. No 